2: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. It is our spring game uh, preview show. Uh, along with us will be T.J. Inman here shortly uh, to go over the cream and crimson game. Uh, a few notes uh, going into the game. It starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, there is a free tailgate barbecue type of thing uh, before the game uh, that starts at 5. And if you can't make it to Bloomington on this Thursday. Uh, on Thursday uh, the uh, game will be run on tape delay on BTN at 9.30 and showed live at 7 o'clock on btn to go So make sure you have the btn to go app. Uh, it's free if you put in your cable provider information so you can watch the game. Uh, right now we're joined by TJ Inman. TJ, how are you? I'm doing very well, Sammy. Excited to uh, talk
3: about football, not a not a true competitive game, but nonetheless, it is uh, a nice nice game to talk about, and we'll be able to actually see the team, see how the new offense is coming along. Obviously, it's going to be a bit vanilla, um, but you know we'll be able to pick up little things here or there, try and read between the lines, and of course we'll jump to jump to conclusions that might not necessarily be there, but. Um, I think it 's just a really cool time, to kind of ramp up optimism uh, for you know a program that I feel is really um, building towards something potentially pretty special uh just a feeling that I have personally about it. Um, I know that others kind of feel the same way there 's a a general feeling of optimism around the program right now, and maybe that 's just because of kind of the, you know, the coaching change and the the new faces that are around. Um, But I do think that there's something there. uh, And, and, you know, the spring game is just a good opportunity to see that on the field and and just have a good feeling heading into the summer. Yeah,
2: and spring games are kind of tricky. Everybody's format is usually different. Um, But to me, the meaning of this uh, spring game is, you know, There are a lot of questions uh, about the new staff and the new offense, uh, along with players who played last year and how they want to perform. Uh, While they're not going to pull, you know, rabbits out of their hats. Although uh, I was watching the Purdue spring game uh, uh, yesterday, and they were running, like, quarterback sweep, wide receiver sweeps, double passes. There was a fake um, – a fake hook and lateral in there. There's a fake, um, you know, flea flicker in there. So, so much for Purdue being um, being a little, uh, you know, being more vanilla. But I think with IU, uh, they're going to be more vanilla than, um, than you're used to seeing offensively. But hopefully we get to see what kind of pace Mike Board's offenses yeah. work at how Richard Lego has improved um, this off season uh, and what he needs to do heading into summer. And he's a guy I, I'd like to focus on. Uh, he's going to be on the cream squad. He's uh, their free yep. agent pick uh, for a coach to boards team. Uh, and, and we'll see what he does. But, you know, he took so much heat in the off season on social media. I know you're not very – you're not that active on Twitter, but um, – after the bowl game, it, it was yeah. borderline You know, kind of disgusting how how fans reacted uh, and, and tweeted at him uh, and, and things like that. But it looks like he's taken all that criticism personally. Uh, his attitude has changed. Um, you know, when he came in, he was a little bit more laid back, but now he, he looks a little bit more focused. Uh, sounds a little bit more focused and, and determined mm-hmm. to to prove his naysayers wrong. And from the little we've seen at practice, it looks like he's throwing the ball well, and he's clearly the number one guy uh, heading into right. ball camp.
3: Yeah, I think I, I did see some of that criticism, but we talked about it some, um, you know, just in our, our daily conversations and our group text messages uh, with, with Alex and David. Um, it, it I think that everyone – not everyone. I think a lot of people pinned the offenses' failures uh, solely on Richard Lego, and that that was not fair. Um, I think he will be the first to tell you he made too many mistakes and was too inconsistent in 2016. Um, he's publicly said that. I think he has uh, probably, you know, knows it much better much better than any of us. Uh, and, and has watched all the tape and and has evaluated that, that doesn't mean that he's going to be perfect in 2017, but I do expect improvement um, from him. I think it's important to remember, while he is an upperclassman by class rank, game experience-wise, last year was really it for him uh, at Division One level. So, uh, well, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, he's just like a freshman. No, I think he's more. Adva- he was more advanced than that. Uh, and it was fair to expect more from him. But I think it's important to remember that this year is going to be um, much easier for him just from an experience standpoint. And then, you know, I I think everybody was kind of uh, hoping that Peyton Ramsey, most likely, uh, Austin King potentially, would – jump up and be able to challenge him. I don't think that's going to happen, and I think the biggest reason why is not because of failures on the part of Peyton Ramsey or Austin King. I think Ramsey in particular has been pretty impressive from what we've heard um, from fellow players and from coaches, but I think more the improvement in leadership and the improvement in consistency from day to day uh, maybe understanding as well. Maybe this new system just fits better with Lego. Um, but I think Richard Lego has taken firm control of the number one spot. I don't think it's been handed to him because of a lack of uh, quality from Peyton Ramsey or Austin King. Um, I, I am looking forward to seeing especially uh, Richard Lego working with Simi Cobb and Nick Westbrook on his team. That's certainly, on paper, the strength of that cream squad, Uh, and I think that was purposeful to put him with kind of the top two wideouts, get them a little actual game experience, especially with Cobb, since it was absent from 2016 due to Cobb's injury. Um, And then I'm interested to see Peyton Ramsey and Austin King. I would expect they would pretty much um, have times and snaps divided between the two uh, for the Crimson squad, and uh, I'm interested to see those guys because we really have not seen hardly anything of either one of them so far. So it's going to be good to see those two guys get actual game minutes and see how close they are to being able to contribute. Because to Richard Lego graduates, there's I, well, number one, there's a there's a battle for that backup spot this season, and number two, after Lego graduates. It's entirely unclear who the guy is. Is it Ramsey? Is it Austin King? Is it going to be Nick Tronte? um We don't know. So
1: it's going to be good and exciting
3: to see those those players. And then on that Crimson offense, a couple of very interesting receivers, and we're going to talk about that right now, um, the rest of that Crimson offense maybe, or we could move into running backs, whatever you wanted
2: to do next. We can go into wide
1: receivers
2: um, on, on both teams, uh, really, because there's some interesting guys. Uh, but the wide receivers yeah. on that on the crimson team, uh, the roster, by the way, is on our is on the website. I, I am sorry yeah. that uh, the quality of the images isn't great, um, but I just didn't have with all the things going on. I didn't have time to type it out uh, and, and put it in there, uh, so I just screenshotted uh, what they sent me. Uh, so if you zoom in, you can read it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, uh, apologies for that. But uh, anyway, on the Crimson team, uh, we've got Tayshawn Mack, who's had a phenomenal spring. Jason Harris very, is also very on that team. very excited to see him. Yeah, I'm very excited to see Mack. I don't, I don't know if Tayshawn's going to play. Um, he's been right. practicing, but I don't know if he's 100% cleared for contact, uh, things like that. Donovan Hale is also on that team. He's another guy who has a lot of potential and a uh-huh. lot of size. That at six four, that um, that Grant Hurd likes. Uh, Justin Berry, who's a, a walk-on uh, from South Carolina, he's a guy with. I think he turned down a scholarship from Arizona State, um, something like that. Because we wrote about him last summer. Uh, and and yeah, he's a very, very interesting prospect as well. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: and then you have Chris uh, Jack and Luke Timian, who we'll see he's been bothered, I believe, with a hamstring uh, injury. Yeah. We'll see if he plays. And then Phil Banker, who's another guy who, you know, kind of got thrown under the radar with Tayser yep. Mack and, and Jonah Morris in that class. And he's a guy who is very fast. And from what I've seen of him at practice, he's got pretty good hands. Um, the ball uh, just sticks to his hands uh, most of the time. And then, you know, we'll see how they work with, with Peyton Ramsey. I, I know it was a draft, but I, I think you're right in terms of maybe that there the was some, I don't want to say frozen envelopes in there uh, for all you Nick fans uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Or,
2: or NBA fans who were around back in 1985. Uh, but uh, it. it Seems like that first team offense will be, uh, you know, likely with the the crimson team uh, with the board. So on the crimson team, you have Simi Cobb's. Obviously, uh, the next guy is I, I'm going numer- numerically down um, down the roster. Uh, Isaac James is a guy who's come on of late in the spring. He's had a tremendous spring and is now. You know, vying for that uh, that slot position, the uh, starter there with with Luke Timian, uh, with Jason yeah, Harris, and, and, you know, he... Yeah, they've, they've decided to stick him at receiver full-time
3: um, and just allow him to 100% dedicate to the offense. It was kind of back and forth and a lot of unknown uh, with Kevin Wilson at the helm. Tom Allen has stuck Isaac James at wide receiver. Uh, not sure if that was, yeah. you know, a strictly coaching staff decision or if it was just Isaac James. But I'm excited to see him because at Carmel High School, uh, I thought he was really, really good with the ball in his hands. He did a lot of different things: tailback, wide receiver, some quarterbacks for Carmel, who's a very good program. For those not aware, uh, played a very tough conference here in Indianapolis. I thought he was really good with the ball in his hands, and I think he could be a weapon. Uh, if he develops as such. And he's still got some time left in his career to do that. So, um, yeah, he's yeah another a, interesting guy. He's
2: a, redshirt, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's battled some injuries, yep. and he, he's finally healthy. So definitely a guy that fans should uh, keep their eyes on. Uh, Nick Westbrook, right. he's been limited this spring as well. Uh, we'll see if he plays. But if he does play, having him and Simi Cobbs uh, on the outside uh, would be huge. Um, they're both, you know, they're 6'3 and 6'4. Um, you know, Cobbs had a 1,000-yard season in 2015, Westbrook 9'95 last year, and yeah. that could be a mismatch uh, for most defenses. Don't have two corners who can man up on, on guys that, that size. When you're running receivers out there, 6'3, and 6'4, 220. Uh, and, and yep. More on, on Simi Cops. He's had an absolutely phenomenal spring. Um, if you, you know what what we've seen, and then what the highlights IU puts out, uh, he's absolutely torturing people uh, in the secondary, and it's not because the secondary is so bad. Um, so, uh, we'll I, I I'm most interested in seeing how Simi Cops comes back, uh, and then you have Jonah Morris. Yeah, there? He's a, a red shirt. Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, you, you've got Jonah Morris, um, you know, we'll see what he comes in. He comes in as a highly touted, uh, came in as a highly touted freshman, will be a redshirt freshman, and then he rounds out the, and that rounds out the wide receivers uh, for both squads. So you'll definitely see, you know, who knows if there'll be a mid-game trade uh, or something like that, but it, it definitely looks like the quote ones uh, will be with Richard Lego Uh and the or, and the cream team. All right, we lost TJ for a second, and he's back. Maybe, uh, but we lost uh, TJ. He's going to call in in a second. Um, having some phone issues. I, I'm in in New York. TJ's in uh, Indianapolis, so. Uh, you know we're working with cell phones as usual, so we'll see uh, if we could get TJ back. Um, so let's move on uh, to the next uh, group. I, you know another thing we want to look for is, is at running back. IU lost their starter, um, Divine Redding. Uh, he entered the NFL draft, uh, and we have not seen uh, Camion Patrick all that much at running back. Uh, so, there are some guys to keep your eyes on, uh, starting, um, you know, starting with guys like Cole Guest, uh, Devontae Williams, uh, Mike Majette, all those guys uh, we've seen playing games. Uh, from the highlights that we've seen, Devontae Williams has had a terrific spring. He's ripping off uh, good runs, but uh, Cole Guest has put his name in there as well. And then, you know, hopefully he could keep, these guys healthy, along with Mike LeJet, and then you have Ricky Brookins and Alex Rodriguez. So the spring game, while you're not going ones against ones, it'll be uh, interesting to see how the running backs are used. Uh, We probably won't see Camion Patrick in the spring. Um, Hopefully he's ready to go by Ohio State. But what are your goals for the running back position, uh,
3: TJ? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Perfect. All right. Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, Devontae Williams coming into the spring, I kind of thought Devontae Williams um, would be, would end up behind uh, Cole Guest and Mike Majette, Uh based on kind of what it looks like, uh, wise, again, take that with the grain of salt. And what we're hearing, uh, it sort of seems like Devontae Williams has, I don't know if he's leapfrogged because there wasn't really a true pecking order. It was just in our heads. But it it seems like Javante Williams has got the inside track for that number two job, um, which is going to get quite a few carries. Uh, That's not an insignificant role at all. So uh, I'm interested to see if what we are currently thinking uh, kind of plays out on the field. Uh, And again, just because maybe Williams has a great day or maybe he doesn't do much, that doesn't truly mean, oh, well, he's locked in number two or, oh, he's down the pecking order. Not necessarily, but it could, you know, confirm kind of what our current line of thinking is. Um, So I'm interested to see what Devontae Williams looks like. uh, If they have – if this new coaching staff has harnessed – uh, his ability in the open field, uh, and has figured out a way to u- utilize that speed better than the last staff did, and I think Williams can be a tremendous asset. Um, I, I think the same for Tyronnay If I'm, I'm just very interested to see how they utilize him because he was uh, a unique player coming in that was recruited for, you know, kind of a very unique role. And now the guy that was his main proponent, Kevin Wilson, is gone. Um, I'm interested to see how they, you know, what weight do they want Tyler T playing at? Uh, how do they want to use him? And we might see a little bit of that on Thursday, a little indication of it. And then Cole Guest is a guy that we, on this site, have been very high on. And uh, it'll be good to see him back out on the field. Uh, for the first time since he was hurt early last season. Uh, but what we did see from him during his freshman year, and this will be his redshirt freshman year because he got the medical, what we saw was pretty encouraging, and I, he's an exciting guy to watch. So um, I'm just anxious to see how each of those guys is utilized, like you said. And I I think going into the spring game, I've got it in my head that it's kind of uh, came on and then Devontae Williams, Cole Guest, Mike Majette, and then Tyron in a situational role. Um, that's a really deep and good group. And, you know, somebody's not going to be happy with the number of carries they're getting because it will be hardly anything get significant carries to five guys. So it's an important competition for those players. And, you know, you'll have guys drop because of injuries, but uh, still, it's, that it's, a very deep group that every time they take the field, it's kind of important to show what you got because you could get past pretty easily and uh, kind of lost the shuffle. So it's an important night for those guys.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and hopefully we get to see some of the guys who are banged up this spring uh, because, you know, that's one of the things, if you're battling for a position and, you know, the spring game, especially with the new offensive staff, um, it's it's an extended practice. It's like a scrimmage, and, you know, sure. you know, it, but it gives you a chance to play when the lights are on and TV is there, and, you know, in a, in a kind of live situation. And if you miss out on that, it kind of puts you behind the eight ball a little bit uh, in terms of being, you know, in a competition with other guys who are playing. So, uh, you know, are we going to see the – whatever Mike Board's version is of the bacon and legs package, no. They're not going to show no. that. But um, maybe if there's a fourth and two uh, or a third and one where they need a big back, um, maybe we'll see Tyler and AT in there uh, and, and things like that. And then, um, you know, all these guys are also competing for special teams while they're not going to be, live returns for obvious reasons. You just don't want to go live on live on special teams and the return game and risk injuries and things like that, especially with a thinner roster in in the spring. But these guys are also, you know, if they might not be able to get carries on the offensive side of the ball, maybe they show enough to where they could be, you know, the primary or secondary kick returner or a punt returner. So there are definitely a lot of touches on the line here. Uh, for for this running back group, and and we'll see how they're used too. Are they going to use one back sets, or two back sets, uh, maybe even a three back set, and things like that? So um, the running how they use the running backs, and then how they're going to use the tight end group um, is, is going to be yeah. something that I watch closely because tight end group has been talked a lot about. This spring, especially with the lack of use they had last year under Kevin Wilson, uh, Mike, the board came in said we're going to use the tight end. He's a tight ends coach, um, and he has some good ones. Well, Danny Friend has been uh, out most of the spring. He's probably not going to play, um, and no. things like that. But you still have Ian Thomas, who um, who was uh, one of the the first two free agent picks for the Crimson team. And hopefully, you know, Lego didn't make him walk the practice uh, during their Twitter uh, spat the other day over which team will win. Uh, but he's been tremendous this spring uh, and, and is is going to be a factor in the fall. And then you have guys like Austin Doris and Sean Bonner who really have benefited from those extra reps with friend out you've got three guys in that tight end group getting a lot of reps and two young guys who um, have been banged up and need reps so we'll see how they use the tight ends um, if the uh, the tight ends might have more catches in the spring game than all of last year uh, that wouldn't shock me uh, they, they have to, the number to beat is 10. Uh, and, and and we'll see what they do there. But I, I'm very interested to see the tight end group. And then uh, finally, on offense, uh, is the probably the biggest question outside of Richard Lego is the offensive line. They lost four upperclassmen yeah. after last season, and it, you know, well, you, you, you know, there's some young guys who you can play like Coy Cronk and Brandon Knight. Um, and Wes Martin is back as a veteran leader. Uh, there are a lot of question marks. Is, does, how is Delroy Baker looking? How is um, Simon Stepniak and Hunter Littlejohn looking? Uh, how is Mackenzie Dora who's a gigantic human being? He makes Brandon Knight look like a little person. And, and that's Brandon Knight's not a little person. Um, so, you know, how does he look? How does, you know, all these other guys look? Uh, along the line. While you're not going to see the number one line together, um, you know, maybe you'll see uh, two or three guys. I believe the offensive linemen for the, the Crimson team are Kronk, um, Jack Trainer, Nick Ramaka, um, Brandon Knight's in there, and Wes Martin. So you're going to have a mix yep. of ones and twos, and uh, maybe some threes. And then on the cream team, The offensive line is Delroy, uh, Simon Stepniak, Hunter Littlejohn, uh, Ryan Smith, who's another guy who's a kind of a wild card. He gray shirted last year. This will be his freshman Mm -hmm. year. Um, and he's been running, you know, he's been running there, uh, with the number twos in practice. Uh, he's a guy who could, if he could play well, could add some much needed depth along that line. Um, and then we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what they do from there. Do you have anything to add on the offensive line?
3: No, it'll it'll
2: be – that's – to me
3: it's the hardest to evaluate from something like this, you know, a spring game or a practice. It's the hardest to evaluate. Just, you know, you're not working as a unit, and it's so important to – two good offensive lines to operate as a full unit, not as individuals. So um, it's hard to judge anything from, uh, you know, you can just, I mean, you can look, uh, especially on second and third watchings of of the games, uh, you'll be able to see, you know, how are guys moving laterally um, and how are, how are they kind of using their hands, things like that. You'll be able to see, but as far as you know, entire units looking good together, uh, while that's encouraging, they won't be lining up uh, anywhere close to the same alignments that they will be uh, come the fall. At least you certainly wouldn't expect that based on uh, the way the rosters are divided up. But
2: um, I, I am I mean, interested to see Ryan map because yeah, we I haven't mean, if seen – they could go out in the spring game and run out two offensive lines of mixed people and have no problems. Uh, IU's I use gonna be in good shape. It
1: would yeah, be in yeah, great that, shape. I mean, that, that, I,
2: I mean, that means you have yeah. ten guys, you know, ten ten guys who can play together and you can plug right. and play and that's all that's unheard of in college football. Um, it could show you overall so, depth, yeah,
1: for
3: sure.
2: Nobody has ten offensive linemen that you can plug and play. And not no. lose a little bit. Um, if they do that, they're going to win ten games um, easily. And you know you, you could get your 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 expectations sky high, but it is a hard position to um, to evaluate, and it's definitely going to be difficult um, with the mixed lines. But you could see you could probably see what their strategies are, who's playing well. A little bit and all that stuff. And, you know, let's change our focus to the defensive side of the ball. And it's the first time in forever that, you know, you're a little bit more confident, or a lot more confident, about uh-huh. the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. Um, the defense, I, I think, you know, the, there's not, not really any position battles, but guys you want to look at are, are probably Mike McGinnis uh, and then yep. two young defense uh with Jerome Johnson and Juan Harris and see how they, they play to, to fill in for Big Ralph. Um, and yep. then, you know, who's that other linebacker next to uh, next to Tigray? Is it going to be Chris Covington? Is it going to be Mike McGinnis? Uh, or is it going to be somebody else? And then in the secondary, um, you, you know, you're probably going to have Tyler Green and Richard Vance at corner. Uh, and then behind that, you know, you take a hard look at Andre Brown. And some other guys, and then at safety, they're loaded at safety with Marcelino Ball, Tony Fields, Jonathan Crawford, and then you have um, Zeke Walker and uh, Chase Dutra back there as well. Um, and, and it seems like Keontae Walton has switched to linebacker too. So, you know, they're, they're pretty loaded in the secondary, and there's not that many questions on, on defense. Is, is that something you agree with?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I think the second linebacker position
2: is the biggest
3: kind of position battle, if you will, uh, and the second one that would be, uh, that second defensive tackle spot next to Nate Hoff and having Jerome Johnson and Juan Harris on the same team, um, uh, for the spring game is, is interesting. And I, you know, we'll be able to see those two line up together. Nate Hoff is on the other side. Um, the other team So uh, that's going to be very interesting to see And then I You're not going to see You know legitimate blitzing pass rush uh, They're not going to be Going after trying to You know hammer the quarterback um, But Getting a good look At some of the pass rush specialists That we haven't seen Indiana's going to need one or two Of these guys to step up And, and do something uh, the one that I'm most excited to watch is Alan Stallings, Uh, to see how far he's come physically and, you know, technique-wise uh, and and see how close he might be to contribute this fall. Uh, that'll be important for Indiana. Uh, they're going to have to find a way to generate. They generated pass rush as a group, and scheme-wise, they did a very good job of that. But just having one or two guys that can just line up across their their offensive tackle and just be better than consistently. That's something Indiana has not had recently, and it, developing that, either through the incoming freshmen or the returning players, would make a another huge difference for this defense and help them get to that stated goal of being in the top twenty-five nationally. Um, it, it's possible, you know. It really is possible. It's crazy to sit here and say that, uh, and you know, feel like it's not a pie-in-the-sky dream, but uh, I do think it's a realistic hope for the defense to finish the top 25 nationally if the offense can avoid putting them in bad positions uh, with with turnovers on their own side of the field, and if they can develop more one-on-one pass rushers that can just beat their man, get to the quarterback, and change the game that way, so you don't have to rely on uh, getting pressure from your scheme as much as they did last year. Um, but you're right about the defense. There's not a lot of questions. Those, those, those two position battles that I mentioned and then important for uh, guys in the secondary because there is so much depth there, it's important for those guys like Chase Dutra, um, like Tony Fields, like Andre Brown, important for them to play well because there are some freshmen coming in that while they're not there right now for the spring game, they'll be there in the fall, and they'll be hungry for playing time, and they've got a lot of talent. Uh, A pair of freshman corners coming in, uh, Jawan Burgess coming in, uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, or Brian Fitzpatrick coming in. Um, It's it's a very good group right now that's going to get a lot better in the fall, uh, a lot deeper in the fall, so it's important for uh, kind of those role players in that secondary, not the surefire starters, but the role players in the second year, to have a good night on Thursday, and and to have had a good spring to kind of cement their plates before those freshmen arrive on campus.
2: Yeah, and, and even those role players could challenge some of the starters. Um, you know, with uh, with Chase Ducey, who's played a lot of a lot of football. For IU you yeah. challenge Tony Fields, and that's one of the the best things about having this quality talent now is that you have competition, and competition makes yeah. people work harder. And you know, if, if you take a day off or take a, a week off, you know that the guy, the next guy, is right on your heels behind you. And that's, and you better, you know, you can bet the farm that these freshmen coming in are you know, are working out, have the IU workout plan, and are working their tails Uh off to say, hey, you know, they're bringing me in for a reason, and, I you know, I'm going to play right away and, you know, have that goal. Now, they're not all going to play right away, but to have that goal, um, especially at safety where these two guys, if somebody slips up, can play right away, um, it's huge and and it's big. That's something that this coaching staff has, hammered home, too, it is the competition. You saw it with with the the, free, the spring game free agency, the spring game draft. Um, there's, they're playing for steak dinner as well. Um, you can see the banter back. If you follow the IU players on Twitter, um, you can see the banter back and forth. It's good natured banter. It's not, you know, nobody's throwing punches or, or insulting mamas or anything like that, but um, actually probably the best trash talker on the team is Alex Rodriguez. Uh, I think he posted a picture on, on Twitter and, and Instagram of him doing the uh, the ladder drill, uh, but then he Photoshopped the, like a cream puffs with the Legos and some other players' uh, faces on it, and it was like <laughs> stomp the cream puffs. So if you like Bantam, Alex Rodriguez is a hilarious follow on Twitter. Um, and he's probably the best trash talker on the team. Uh, But, you know, outside of that offense, defense, while you don't get a live look at special teams, it's going to be huge. Um, And there's a lot of questions there. Can Griffin Oaks pick himself up by the bootstraps and start making big kicks? Because that's something IU, if if IU is going to break through next year, they're going to have to do have a lot of improvement on special teams. Um, and that starts with Griffin Oaks. Can he make field goals that he should make? And can he put the ball in the back of the end zone like he used to? Um, if yep. they don't get those two things, they IU will be lucky this week at six games because you're going to need a good field goal kicker. Um, and now you've got other kickers on the roster. You've got Aaron Del Grosso, who's played a little bit um, as well. And, and, you know, during his freshman year eventually, or sophomore year, eventually lost out to Oaks. got Logan Justice and then Nathaniel Snyder, and, um, you know, we'll see what they do there. Uh, And then you have a a guy coming in um, in the fall from Colorado who's a highly rated kicker. So there's competition there, and Oaks has got to step up to that because if he goes out and shanks three or four kicks uh, on Thursday – his confidence is is shot, but you know we've seen him do it before. Hopefully he could do it again. Uh, and then in the punting game, um, I want to see Hayden Whitehead pick. Uh, it, it's going to be yep. uh, he's you know that's a competition that's wide open. I expect Hayden Whitehead to to win the job. Joseph Gideon was not consistent enough uh, there to be a real weapon. He never really flipped the field. Like they used to, like like great punters do, you know. TJ, watching Ohio State play against IU the last couple of years, uh, yeah. you saw their uh, Cameron Johnson. Every time he kicks the ball, I uh, they would punt from like inside the twenty, and, and IU starting inside the third. It, it was ridiculous yep. how good he was, and hopefully, Cam or um, Hayden Whitehead brings that to IU, where you know if the offense is not going to drive the ball every time so you know sometimes it'll stall out sometimes it'll stall out deep in your territory and if you could have a punter to flip that field uh it'll do wonders for that defense and you know take that defense to the next level instead of starting at the 50 you'll start at the 30 and it gives you a little bit more leeway where touchdowns could become field goals and field goals could become punts and, and so on and so forth so
1: I, right. th- those
2: are my two other big things to watch for, for fans this game.
3: Yeah, I agree on the Hayden Whitehead thing. I'd, I'd love to see him punt. He's definitely a mystery. Um, coming in, Just you know, he's from Australia, and we don't know a lot about him other than the program he comes from, which has produced some terrific punters in the very recent past, including uh, Ray Guy
2: Award winner from Utah. So uh, I believe they had the last three or four Ray Guy award winners, and then, right. they swept the finalists last year. Oh, I think, yeah, three finalists were from that uh, pro kick Australia program, um, and you know while he might not have played American football, it's hunting it it's not easy hard to, to pick up in t- in terms of scheme. Um, Right you know are you angling it? It's not like you have to you're running the triple option. It's something that if you have enough reps at it, you can understand um just yes. you know as a punter in high school, the biggest responsibility was make sure there are eleven guys in the, uh, on the field and you know call out what direction the punt is going uh, other than yep. that yeah uh, it, it's it's not that complicated um so. You know, we'll see. That's that's something, you know, hopefully they have it with a rush. Uh, I know when watching Purdue, they just had the snapper and the punter, and even then the Purdue punter can't kick it over 40 yards. So, um, you know, what's the show without giving a shot at Purdue? Uh, anyway, yeah, I, um, I anyway, else? Uh,
3: no, no, uh, I think we've covered it. And, uh, I, you know, I guess we can kind of – Try to predict, you know, again, this is, this is shots in the dark here, but we can go ahead and take some shots in the dark. Who, uh, if you know, if I'd ask you you know, to pick one or two uh, standout players, maybe we'll go one standout player on each side of the ball, uh, that you just expect to have a day that, not MVP necessarily, but just a day that makes people kind of open their eyes and say, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that guy in the fall. Uh, for me, uh, on offense, I'll go uh, to Sear Mac and on uh, on defense, uh, the guy that I expect to kind of open some eyes and, and have people uh, excited about seeing more from him in the fall and be maybe a bit further along than people expected him to be. I think Mike McGinnis is going to really pop off. Uh, i I Thoroughly enjoyed watching his tape from uh, junior college. Highly productive in junior college, and I think he's a guy that really fits what Marcus Oliver did for Indiana, uh, which is just make, make tackles and be productive. And I think that's what Mike McGinnis will do. He's a guy that loves contact, and I, I think you'll see it uh, on Thursday night, him just being constantly around the ball. So I'm going to secure on offense. Um, I do think he eventually uh, will be a guy that sees third or fourth most snaps as a wide receiver behind Westbrook and uh and, and right there with Luke Timion. Uh, and then I'll go with McGinnis
2: on defense. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go co-offense players um, that I think will have big games, uh, one from each team. I, I think, you know, uh, I'd like to go with Simi Cobbs. Uh He's had a, a terrific spring, and it—he looks 100 percent. And I think he's going to come out with vengeance uh, to prove himself back to being 100 percent. And then the other guy is Ian Thomas. Uh, we mentioned it before
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> that they're going to use the Good tight thing. end
2: a little, uh, a lot more. So I'm going to go with them, two co-co guys. Uh, it's not that I don't think Richard Lego is going to be. Um, Bad. It's just those are the two guys I think that people will turn people's heads. And if Simi Cobb has a big game, that means Richard Lago is having a big game as well. Um, so those Perfect. are my two on offense. On on defense, that's a tough one. Um, it has to be a surprise, like turn people's heads. I would go T. Grade, but I think people expect right. him that's to do what T. Grade does, and it's too yep. easy. Um, I'm going to go Jameer's Bowen. Uh, he's okay. been playing on the defensive line. Uh, he's looked terrific in highlights that have been put out, and he's a guy who has bounced around. I thought he was going to play on the offensive side of the ball. They had numbered changes on the spring roster, and him and McGinnis had the same number at 55. Whether or not that was a clerical error or they just moved him back, uh, it's defense. Uh, he's been playing with a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to be my defensive guy that stands out.
3: Okay. Do
2: you do you think that Bowen eventually? Just a far out
3: prediction here, and tons will change. We'll hold it to you. But do you think Bowen ends up starting next to Nate Hoff for the season opener? Ooh.
2: Um, Maybe. Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it' there's three or four candidates, but like he is yeah,
3: one.
1: of the candidates. They,
2: they have. Yeah, they have. He's one of the candidates, um, and they have a nose tackle and defensive tackle. Um, whether right. or not, I, I I haven't watched that closely. Where if he's playing nose or or regular or off off the nose, um, but yeah, there's a shot if he has a big spring and. You know these two young guys need a little bit more time in, in uh, Juan Harris and and Jerome Johnson. He could definitely be there, and he'll definitely be in the rotation. This defensive line has a right. lot of players um, with experience, and and they're going to need some depth, um, especially if uh, offenses go up tempo. Uh, the defensive line is usually the first ones to, to wear down, but I would definitely put him in the rotation. With a strong possibility that on opening night he's starting uh, next to Nate Hoff. Yeah, I think I think he'll certainly be part of the
3: rotation. I, since I asked you to pick somebody, I'll I'll pick uh, I'll say Jerome Johnson ends up starting next to Nate Hoff. But it would not be a surprise to see Johnson or Bowen or you know Juan Harris. Um,
2: Juan Harris
3: is a Mike Barwick, perhaps I think that'd be a bit yeah. of a surprise to see Barwick do it, but yeah, it's I think there's three or four guys that are legitimate candidates for that other starting spot. <laughs> but like you said, that's uh, who starts there. Well, I'm sure it's important to the players. Uh, they are all going to see, you know, significant snaps as part of a pretty heavy rotation. That's I mean, you need nine, ten, eleven off or defensive linemen. That's just the way it is now. So. Um, we'll yeah, see, but and, and
2: having, cliche, having the ball play well would be TJ, great. Not to be cliche either, it, it's who who ends the game. Um, it, sure. Much like the Michigan State game last year, when you need a stop on fourth yep. and goal or third down and long in overtime, who's your best four that are going to be out there? You know, It right. could change game to game. Who's having a good game this week? Who's having a good game the next week? And things like that. So uh, you're going to see a lot of guys on the defensive line uh, and, and it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm excited for this defense. And I, I'm, I wish, uh, you know, I was that going to be down in Bloomington on, on Thursday, but we'll have it. Um, we'll have it covered uh, with Alex and David down there. And then TJ will be uh, writing our post game uh, show as well. Yep. But uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of excitement around this team And this is the first time you'll get to see them at home with Tom Allen, with the new staff on offense. And then, you know, it it should be a good game. Um, And then you have John Gruden as your your special guest slash celebrity coach. Uh, What he'll exactly do with the program, he's uh, going to talk with the team. Um, He's good friends with with Coach DeBoard from Tennessee. He has deep Indiana roots. His dad was an assistant. I believe he went to middle school in Bloomington as well. Um, his dad was an assistant with IU uh, during the Corso era, so there there is a little cream and crimson in in in, the, in Chucky's blood. Uh, but you <laughs> know, that's something you know whether or not he's going to address the crowd and, and things like that. But it's exciting to see a guy of the caliber of John Gruden come to in the Indiana Spring Game because that just hasn't happened. Um, and usually that's something you see at these bigger programs like in Ohio State and and Michigan and, and things like that uh, where they bring out these guys who are super connected and bring in a coach like Coach Gruden and things like that. So if you're a fan um, of football, uh, hopefully he addresses the crowd and, and talks to the uh, IU fans as well. If you're a fan of football, go out just to see that. Um yeah he 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 was a terrific coach and he's a he's a, a fun analyst to listen to on monday night football as well
3: yeah there's no downside to it it's uh it's a cool thing it, you know you might not care uh one way or the other but i you'd be really hard pressed to uh to find any negatives to it so um that like i said it it's it's a fun event is it super meaningful I mean, make no mistake, the players that are playing, they want to win. Um yeah, they want that stake dinner thing, but it's it's more about it's more about at this point it it's a pride thing for them. They're competitors and if you've ever been in a competitive sport, uh, there's no time where you go out there in a practice or game setting where you don't want to come out on the winning side. Care one way or the other if you win or lose. Well, you're probably not making it to the Division One level unless you have an insane amount of God-given talent. So these guys want to win. Men. It's important for them to win. And yeah, I, I'm, definitely I'm excited to see that. So, um, you know, championships are not won or lost in spring ball uh, for the spring game. It's the work that has gone on before the spring game that's the most important thing. Uh, and this will be a, a cool way to, to pay that off and reward it. It's a fun event, and it's, like I said, a chance to, you know, just ramp up the enthusiasm and the optimism surrounding the program. Uh, It's the last time we'll see them uh, in a public setting, um, official public setting, until, you know, the season opens up uh, September 1st. So I'm anxious to see how things are progressing, and hopefully... You know, it's not a complete sideshow carnival type thing. I, I certainly don't expect that. I think it will be more football no, the sideshow. game
2: sideshow. The game format is four 12-minute quarters. I believe yeah. there's a 10-minute halftime, and then it's traditional scoring. But instead of doing, like, field goals, they're going to have, I think, uh-huh. between quarters, have the, the kickers do field goals like that. Um, so it, it's, we'll call it semi-traditional. It's spring game traditional, yeah. uh, tra- tra- trademark yeah. that term, uh, spring game traditional um, where it's it's not going to be like on half a field like last year um, or, you know, a glorified practice like Kevin Wilson did. Um, it's going to be, uh, it, it's going to be a real game. And then, you know, sprinkled in with probably a field goal kicking contest in between quarters, which hopefully shows how improved uh, some of our kickers are um, during that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. And then whoever wins gets a steak dinner. The loser gets, I believe, hot dogs and baked beans. Um, I, I prefer yeah. steak. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see how they do there. But, uh, TJ, that does it for today's show. Um, thanks for joining me. And I, I just want to thank uh, the Hoosier Huddle team, um, I'm in New York because my grandmother passed away yesterday and I uh, have to be with my family. So I want to thank you and David and Alex for stepping up and, and covering a game um, for me, and hopefully I'll get to watch it. and I'll definitely watch it, but hopefully I get to watch it live or, or at least tomorrow sure. night uh, at some point. But uh, I want to thank you guys and, uh, for all your help and, and hard work. Um, so that's why I will not be at the spring game uh, tomorrow evening. Um, but I'm excited to watch it. Fans uh, should be excited as well. Um, for, we have our spring game primer up that TJ did. It has all the tidbits you need to know about the spring game. It's on HoosierHuddle.com. Uh, you can follow us on at Hoosier underscore Huddle on Twitter. Uh, give us a like on Facebook as well. And then subscribe to the podcast either through uh, Blog Talk Radio or uh, iTunes. So, TJ, thank you very much.
3: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, God bless uh, to you and your family. We're thinking of you, and to our listeners, just uh, enjoy the spring coverage that uh, we've provided for you. I hope it hope it's been pretty solid, and we will, of course, have um you know all the wrap up information and, and reaction that you could want uh we will dissect everything possible no doubt about that go over the top on it um because hey it's spring football why not overanalyze it to death and uh but most importantly just have fun with it and uh enjoy the the first spring game of the Tom Allen era hopefully the first of many and i'm looking forward to seeing how things begin to unfold for this new era of IU football.
2: Yep. And it's going to be exciting. Uh, again, kickoff is at seven. Uh, you can watch yep. live on BTN go at seven. Uh, they'll beat the big 10 network. will show a tape delay broadcast because apparently we're at the winter Olympics, um, at nine 30. And, really, you uh, from from there, to we'll cross. Have, yeah, well, if it's not Maryland Northwestern, uh, um, you know, other than that matchup, I, I wouldn't get into uh, you know women's lacrosse unless there's IU playing as well. Um, you know, but they deserve their time in the spotlight, and and um, hopefully they they get the full IU spring game in there as well uh, afterward. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a fun game you can watch on BTN to go, uh, and then Big Ten Network at 9:30. Uh, and we'll have all your coverage, and, and we're 141 days away from kickoff. So, hopefully, uh, you guys have started on your your player countdowns. Um, okay. But we we're getting close to to that summer itch for college football. So uh, yeah. stay tuned with us. Thanks, thanks again, TJ, and uh, we'll talk after the spring game for our post game show.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody.
2: All right, that does it for today's uh, episode of the Hoosier Huddle podcast, Breaking Down the Spring Game. I want to thank TJ for for joining us um, last minute and and things like that. Um, If you want to support Hoosier Huddle, uh, we have our support page on there. There are different ways to support the site. Uh, You could give to our GoFundMe campaign uh, or use our ads through Amazon. We're currently redesigning shirts. Uh, that will be on sale prior to the season uh, opener against Ohio State on August 31st. But thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of your day, and enjoy the spring game.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs)